You're listening to The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards with you. Missy may be around a little bit later. She is uh, she's sleeping right now. And I was not going to go in and say, honey, wake up. It's time to do the podcast. Um, figured that probably wouldn't go over too well. So she may be along <laughs> later on in this episode. Uh, it may be next week. But thank you again for all of the continued uh, kind words and thoughts. I know she's getting a lot of comments on uh, the Instagram page, at Corny Goat Farm. Uh, she is doing uh, much better physically. Uh, we'll start there. She is uh, up and around. We went to the uh, doctors earlier this week. She had the uh, stitches taken out where her chest tubes were. Uh, Today, uh, as I'm recording this, is the trip to the oncologist, uh, where we will find out about next steps. We we did learn, I I think, uh, one bit of of good news this week when we were at the doctor's office. Uh, We got to see our surgeon for just a couple minutes, uh, a great guy, and then we were talking with um, some of the other uh, uh, healthcare givers in the office, and um, they had discussed Missy's case in uh, in conference that week. And uh, the radiologist had said, "Well, because we had originally heard um, that Missy was going to need uh, chemo and radiation as a follow up." Uh, the radiologist said, "Look, we there's nothing for me to radiate. Uh, as far as we know, everything is gone. So you don't need me right now." Uh, so it looks like uh, Missy's not going to need radiation, but uh, she will need chemo. I will uh, keep you up to date on what's going on. Um, so physically, she's doing really well. The uh, The pain has dissipated uh, quite a bit to the point that uh, she's, she's ready to uh, switch over to ibuprofen completely, get back to driving. She's knitting. Um, as I, 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 I'm assuming that this has something to do with my cooking, but she, uh, she made dinner last night for the first time. So apparently all you have to do is not be a very good cook. And, uh, and that helps the healing process in the people that you love. Uh, so she's up and getting around physically. She's doing really well. Uh, emotionally, it's a little bit harder. There are good days and there are not so good days. And, um, I know that there are uh, some folks who are listening who who are going through um, their own struggles right now. As a matter of fact, I you know normally we uh, we we get to the emails in the uh, later part of the episode, but 
I got an email from Corey this week, and I just I just had to share it because it um, it really affected me. Corey uh, wrote in says Cam and Missy, I've been a listener to Cam for a few years now. I started listening to the podcast earlier this year. I've been following along with your wife's health issues, and I just listened to the latest podcast discovering the discussing the discovery of lung cancer. On a positive note, it does sound like it was caught early and is stage one. Um, they, they're actually calling it stage two. Actually, because of the size, they're calling it stage 2B. Um, but, uh, but again, there were no signs of the cancer spreading to her lymph nodes, so I'm thinking of it as stage 1. Corey says, I just wanted to share a little bit of my family's story of dealing with cancer that was discovered a month ago. My wife and I are 30 and 31, respectively. And we have a two-and-a-half-year-old son, Henry. My wife started having breast pain shortly after our son was born, and we were repeatedly told that it was not uncommon and it was nothing to worry about. Finally, last month, she had a small surgery to remove some problem cysts to hopefully relieve some of her pain. A week later, we were told that she had stage 1 breast cancer, and they thought that they had caught it early. They just needed to run a few more tests to verify. Two weeks after that, we were looking at an advanced, aggressive form of stage 3 ductile carcinoma with the possibility of stage 4 due to the discovery of some nodules on her lungs. We won't know for sure about her lungs until they check them again in six months. We are currently looking at chemo, bilateral mastectomy, and radiation. After some time of feeling helpless and sorry for ourselves, Corey says, my wife has launched the first salvo of chemical warfare. Her first chemo treatment was last Tuesday, and so far she's dealing with it well. Besides feeling tired, having some stomach issues, and her scalp bothering her, she's getting around well. She went with a G.I. Jane look yesterday after my son and I gave her the first buzz cut of her life. Corey says, my wife has been amazingly strong and optimistic throughout everything so far. I believe that our son is her strongest reason to fight like hell. She always loved Halloween and is planning on being Dr. Evil with my son as mini-me if she fills up to it. Corey says, uh, I've gone on long enough. Just know that others are fighting the fight right alongside of you. Chemo can be bearable, and most people can have a pretty normal life through treatment. Although I can't promise it'll all be great. It sounds like you have a great support system, and that's everything. Uh, best wishes, Corey. And Corey... My best wishes to you and your family as well. I am keeping you all in my thoughts and my prayers. Uh, I am sorry that you all are having to wrestle through this. And uh, and I appreciate so much you writing in. And you don't have to worry about the, uh, the length of your emails. Uh, you send an email as often as you want. Uh, I'm going to write you back as well. And Again, I, I, I can't thank you enough for thinking about us while you're dealing with everything that you're dealing with. And um, just know that, that there are others out there who are thinking of you and praying for you and your wife and your son. And I hope that uh, Halloween goes off great. hope your wife is able to, uh, uh, to get up and around and pull off the Dr. Evil look. Miss E was thinking she was going to be a mermaid if she was still on the couch. I, I, I don't think that's going to be necessary. And we don't know when her chemo is going to start. But... Uh, I have told her she doesn't really, you know, she kind of took this as <laughs> as the, the lighthearted comment that it was. I told my wife that I would be happy to shave my head in solidarity with her. Uh, she looked at me and she said, well, that's that that's not much of a uh, much of a sacrifice there, given the fact that I've been mostly bald now for 20 years or so. But you have to find Corey, you have to you know this, you have to find the humor, you have to find the ability to laugh and to. Um, cope with what's going on because if you start thinking about how unfair it is right how how unfair it is 
that that you're going through this and that your wife is having to go through this. And if you're like me, Corey, you've probably had those thoughts of, you know, why why isn't it me? Why why can't I be the one to go through this? Why does it have to be her? If you get caught up and you get bogged down uh, in those thoughts, then I, I think that um, I think it's very detrimental. So you, I got to tell you, Corey, uh, I got your email at a, a pretty rough spot this week for me, and uh, and hearing from you helped immensely. So thank you for taking the time to write, and I hope that uh, I get a chance to hear from you all again. Um, we're going to have more of your emails this week as well. As you can hear, <laughs> I'm outside at the uh, picnic table this week. You might hear the uh, the rooster in the background. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to record outside because after two months of no rain, uh, the fall rains have begun, and it has been uh, it's been a fairly soggy week here on the 40 acres. But for the next few hours, anyway, the sun is shining. The uh, grass is all kinds of wet, but I put down a towel on the uh, picnic table, so I should be okay to go for uh, for this episode of 40 Acres and a Fool. Um, we've got the bunnies hopping around, but not 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 domesticated, just uh, uh, the wild bunnies of 40 uh, of the uh, Corny Goat Farm uh, roaming around the uh, backyard here. Chickens who had been getting out of their coop, uh, thankfully, have not been. Um, one of my wife's friends has been uh, nice enough to come over and uh, help out. Just just sit with her uh, in case you know she needs to pick up something heavy. She's like I said, her mobility is really good, but she still can't lift a lot of stuff. So, um, one of our uh, small farmer friends has has been hanging out here, and she was nice enough the other day. I think she was a little bored, and uh, she actually went around the edge of the uh, the coop and tried to track down where one of the hens kept getting out. And I, I think that we have resolved the issue. We actually had two eggs in our coop. Uh, for the first time in I don't know how long uh, last night when we gathered the eggs. So we still have at least five hens. I'm, I'm thinking we only have five. We may have a sixth, but I think that sixth hen is a juvenile rooster. I think he's going to be another rooster uh, coming up here in the next couple of months. So if right now we can only get a max of five eggs a day, I'll, I'll be happy with two. Uh, and yes, I did get the coop cleaned. Finally, uh, after I don't know how long of talking about it, uh, everybody is nice and happy. They've got uh, fresh straw in there. They've got a little sprig of wild mint hanging up to make it smell better. I don't I don't even know if that works for the uh, chickens, but it uh, works for me, I'll tell you that. Um, other than that, it has been, uh, thankfully, a fairly quiet week uh, here on the 40 acres. The, uh, the, the chickens are back where they need to be. Hogs are doing well. The goats are doing well. Uh, the garden is still crap, but we're still getting peppers. So I uh, picked enough peppers last night to probably get two quart jars going. I think we've already got at least five quart jars of peppers that are percolating and uh, pickling and uh, just steeping in those juices right now. So if nothing else... We should be able to get some hot sauce out of our garden. And actually, we were talking with our friend who's been hanging out with Missy e this week. Uh, her garden, they let go. They, they, they let go in, in mid-July because it stopped raining. And they said, we can't water all of this. We're going to run out our well if we do that. Uh, so they were relying on Mother Nature. And they had uh, 
they didn't get many tomatoes. Their, their tomato plants had all died before they were able to get uh, a lot of tomatoes. So they, too, uh, really stuck with a, a pepper crop this year. So I don't actually f- <laughs> I don't actually feel that bad now. I mean, I, I do feel that bad about kind of, you know, not getting as much done in the garden. But if I had gotten everything that I wanted done in the garden all season long, I think I might have still ended up with just peppers at this point. So who knows? Maybe it was serendipitous that um, we didn't. We were otherwise occupied this summer and didn't have a lot of time for the garden because I'm not sure it would have panned out anyway. But other than that, things are fairly peaceful here on the 40 acres. Now, just down the road in Farmville, Virginia, where we do Cam and Company sponsored by Nosler every day, it is a different story. It is a beehive of activity as the uh, town is getting ready for the vice presidential debate, which will be held in Farmville next week. And when we come back here on 40 Acres and a Fool, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We've got more of your thoughts. The email address, if you'd like to chime in, and we love hearing from you, it's 40acrefool, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Stick around, because we've got more coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So in Farmville, Virginia, we are getting ready for the vice presidential debate. It'll take place uh, next Tuesday night. The town is getting all spruced up. Uh, There are some... New murals that have been painted on the sides of buildings downtown. There are a couple of old murals that have actually been restored. I think uh, Coca-Cola actually uh, coughed up some money because these are old Coke murals that are, uh, you know, painted on the sides of these brick buildings. And I noticed uh, a couple of them have actually been refurbished, bright new paint. Uh, in the uh, downtown area itself, some of the uh, – we're, we're, I, I got to tell you, we're going through a little bit of a uh, – a renaissance in downtown Farmville. A lot of the um, old buildings or, or even some of the buildings from the 60s or 70s that have been uh, uh, vacant for some time uh, are now in the process of being acquired by Longwood University for the most part because Longwood is just a block off of the uh, the downtown area in Farmville and they're kind of hemmed in uh, by residential properties, by uh, the uh, Moton Museum, which is the old uh, uh, Moton High School, which was the high school for black students in uh, Prince Edward County. Uh, this is the it's now a museum because in the early 1950s, students at Moton High School walked out 
because of the conditions there. And eventually a lawsuit was filed. That lawsuit got wrapped up into Brown versus the Topeka Board of Education. And uh, ultimately, uh, Prince Edward County Schools were a part of the uh, Brown versus Board of Education decision. So the uh, the old high school uh, is now a civil rights museum. Um, but it's it's sort of, uh, you know, on the boundary of Longwood University. And then you've got some of the main streets, the main arteries. There's not a lot of places for the university to grow and expand. Uh, so they're having to take advantage, I think, of the, the organic opportunities that are there uh, in the downtown area. And so they've bought a uh, it's an old bank building. That they're going to turn into the uh, Longwood University bookstore uh, and they've uh, purchased a couple of other uh, uh, buildings in the downtown area. So uh, they're getting a little bit of a facelift before the vice presidential debate. The big black security fence uh, has a uh, temporary security fence has uh, gone up around the edge of campus. I'm, I'm not exactly sure who that's supposed to keep out uh, and who that's supposed to let in, but it's up. Uh, the First Amendment field, I think is what they're calling it, uh, is uh, set up as well uh, over by the Moton Museum, and this is going to be where folks can uh, go and they can protest and they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. Uh, during the vice presidential debate, I'm sure the media will be hanging out uh, uh, quite a bit near the free speech field uh, before the debate festivities begin. And then Tuesday night, the uh, debate will get underway uh, on the campus at Longwood University. I I am not going to be attending, by the way. I have uh, uh, no real desire to go in person and watch the debate. Uh, I plan on it because, look, you got to be quiet. You got to be respectful <laughs> you have to you know sit on your hands and not clap and not cheer or not groan or moan or catcall or anything like that and I, uh, I i i just yeah i'll watch it on tv now i'll watch it i think in farmville uh, i will probably be at uh um charlie's waterfront cafe with uh, friends watching the uh, debate next tuesday night and then we'll uh, hopefully have some friends like uh, Jim Garrity, uh, Selena Zito, who will be in town and uh, hopefully will be uh, joining us on Cam and Company on uh, Monday and Tuesday of next week as we uh, get ready. I should, I should give the dates here, like October 3rd and 4th, I think, uh, because the debate is October the 4th. So we will, um, you know, we're in sort of a unique spot and in sort of a unique perspective to cover this because most of the media that will be covering the vice presidential debate I'd say 99.9% of them, uh, they'll be coming into Farmville. And then there'll be one stop and, oh, what a quaint little town, and then they'll move on. Uh, But from my perspective, I've been watching how the town has reacted to this for months now and how they've prepped and how they've planned. And there are so many people uh, in this community who are working so hard to make not only this event a success, uh, but really to... Uh, highlight the town that they love uh, and the town that, uh, unlike a lot of small towns in this country, uh, a, a, a town that has a lot of people fighting for it uh, and they want to see it get bigger and they want to see it get better. Now, I will say this, uh, a lot of the growth in Farmville is tied to uh, Longwood University and I, you know, look, I, I suppose there's no industry in the country 
that is guaranteed to, to be around and to be a growing industry and a vital industry uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. We just live in this cycle of um, creative destruction, and everything seems to be changing, uh, including higher education. You know, you've got Hillary Clinton calling for free college education or debt-free college education. Uh, I think the uh, number of states around the country, including Texas, moving to an online model where you can get a, a degree um, that is much more affordable. You're not paying for all of the ancillary uh, activities. You're not paying for the, the college experience. You're paying for the education. I think that's where we're headed, and I don't know what it means long term for the future of a lot of these, uh, particularly smaller colleges. You know, I guess you, you either grow or you die, and we're not far in Farmville from uh, Sweetbriar College in uh, Amherst, Virginia, which is a all-girls school. Um, one of the many smaller private schools around the country that's been struggling. They actually were slated to close, and then alumni and faculty uh, got together, came up with a plan, lost a lawsuit as well uh, against the uh, trustees there, managed to keep the school open. I think enrollment is, is actually up a little bit this year, but you know there are a lot of these colleges and universities that, that, that are struggling, uh, and I think that problem is going to be exacerbated as the because something's got to give. Uh, you know, you, we, uh, the parents, and they, the students, uh, cannot keep paying this increasing amount of money for uh, a degree that, uh, in many cases, has less and less value or is of less and less use uh, when entering the job market. So I don't know what the future holds. I, I am a little concerned about, you know, um, a town putting uh, most of its eggs in, in one basket, uh, be that education or manufacturing. Uh, I would love to see the uh, town of Farmville uh, diversify and, and be able to diversify its economy. But then again, I'd love to be able to see uh, the country writ large be able to do the same thing as well. And in the meantime... Uh, as I said, there is a bit of a renaissance. And who knows, maybe 10 years from now, the uh, Virginia Tasting Cellar, which I talked about, just opened up. My friends at Charlie's have opened this up, and it's going just gangbusters. Uh, maybe that will be the largest employer in uh, Farmville 10 years from now. Larger than the university, larger than the county government. That's probably a pipe dream. But uh, as a small C conservative and a conservatarian Gosh, that'd be great to see. All right, before we take a timeout, I want to get to uh, another email. Uh, this from our friend Trent in Indiana, who wrote in and said, we started out with a quote uh, from last week's podcast. What we've gotten is what we can handle. He said, that entire last episode kind of felt like you were speaking to me, Cam, in a calm, measured way. And imploring me to remove my cranium from my tuchus. Uh Trent says, I struggle to remember that that is the case, that, that what we've gotten, what I've gotten, is what I can handle. He said, nine months of unemployment and two surgeries, though neither what Miss E was dealing with. Listen, I, I would say emergency uh, appendectomy, that, that's, that's a big deal, Trent. I mean, that's, don't, don't, don't undercut your own uh, issues, because that was really scary. Uh, you know, Trent, I saw Trent at the NRA annual meeting, had a great time at uh, uh, Michelle Ray's parents' place and had a fantastic barbecue. And then two days later, Trent's in the hospital uh, because his appendix had nearly burst. That, that, that's, that's a serious deal, dude. Trent says, um, with everything that's been going on, 
you know, the surgery, the unemployment this summer, a septic system failure. He says, this has all kept me pretty frayed. I was doing okay for the first few months of unemployment, but as it slogs on with no real opportunity showing themselves, it is wearing on me. And I confess that I have days that I let it get the better of me. The refrain from my eternally patient, infinitely kind wife is the same. We're doing fine. We're just not doing well. All is not lost, but we've got this. Trent says, my natural inclination to pessimistic cynicism does not serve me very well in times like these. Yeah, this is when I wish Miss E was actually awake, Trent, because uh, she, too, is the, the pessimistic one in our marriage. And I am the eternal, sunny optimist. Uh, when we first got married, I think I, one, of our, uh, one of our very first arguments uh, when we got married, at one point, I, I, and she remembers this, Miss E remembers this, because she's the one that brings it up. I said, you know, some people see the glass as half full. Some people see it as half empty. You take the glass and you throw it on the ground and say, see, now it's in a million pieces. (laughs) Miss E's gotten better. Uh, I have probably become a little bit less um, idealistic over time, but I I still think that... uh, yeah, in our relationship, I'm the sunny optimist. She's the pessimist. I'm gl- and I'm glad, Trent, that you have an optimist in your life. I'm glad that you married an optimist because can you imagine how awful it would be right now if you two were both just steeping in cynicism? Trent says, I've worked to keep busy on little projects as well as the garden between recoveries, but I'm still recovering from the mindset that a man is what his job title is. And some days I fall off the wagon. You know, it, Trent... I, I, I get it. I do. I understand that. And part of how I see myself, uh, part of what's important to my identity is is that of a provider. I, I like the fact, you know, I got married when I was 22, day before I turned 23. But we'll go ahead and say 22. I became an instant dad and an instant husband. We got, uh, we had our, our uh, first child together. Um, when I was 26, I had just turned 26 and I know people now who are in their mid thirties and they have absolutely no desire to do any of these things. But I was always very proud of the fact that from a very early age, I was providing for my family and I was taking care of my family. That meant a lot to me. Um, and that is a big part of who I am. And if something happened, all of a sudden I wasn't able to do that anymore. I, I get it. I, I would feel a little adrift as well. Um, but I'm also here to tell you that there's the ability to bring home a paycheck. And then there is the ability to provide for your family. And a paycheck is important. Don't get me wrong. Um, But it's all of the other stuff that you provide for your wife and for your parents and for your extended family and your friends. It's, 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 it's who you are and who you are, Trent, I got to tell you, um, is a, a good person and a person who is reliable and dependable and you, you've got, you've got a lot of fantastic attributes and I, I hope that you know that and this isn't just blowing smoke up your rear um, don't don't think that you are just defined by your job title because you are not you are defined by who you are and you are a good man Trent says I know plenty of people who have it worse 
I know the world isn't ending. I know I should smile and be happy for another day. I'm just not always capable of converting those thoughts into actions. If we're all evolving into better persons, uh, better versions of ourselves over time, that is my challenge. And lately I've been failing, so thank you for the wake up. Now for the more trivial things to distract us, Trent says, from all the pesky reality. His septic system is supposed to be done this week. I need to call before it gets uh, winter for, for us here. He said they are calling for sporadic rain, so we'll see. The last watermelon came out of the garden on Sunday. Uh, Trent has sweet potatoes left to dig, strawberry plants to dig, to share with friends and family. But aside from that, the garden 2016 is mower fodder. Not a perfect year, Trent says, but probably our best to date. We'll see. There's something. Because all of my gardening friends, Trent, have had an absolutely wretched year here. Trent says, I spent yesterday morning working on laying out the plan for next year. It's ambitious, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm planning on using trellising to make better use of some space and the Florida weave for tomatoes. Listen, i got to tell you, I really like the Florida fencing. I uh, We've had a lot of, well, not this year, but uh, last year we had a lot of uh, success with the Florida fencing. We just need to do a better job last uh, because we didn't do it last year of uh, just trimming back the tomato plants and making sure that they don't just keep growing up, making sure that they're diverting some of that energy uh, into the actual vegetables. Trent says, I came across what I believe to be opalca tomatoes in my aunt's garden when I was caretaking for her a few weeks ago. She said that they were Amish paste, but they're really not. And I've never seen a tomato so fleshy and devoid of seed and gel. To boot, the skin nearly peeled off without blanching. Research leads me to believe it is an opalca. I saved some seeds, and I'll be trying to start them myself and see what we come up with. That is that's really interesting. I've, I've actually, so I know of Mike Opalca at the Blaze, but I have never heard of opalca tomatoes. Uh, and I've never actually, uh, not that, to the best of my knowledge, I've never seen them, uh, seen them in any of the seed catalogs that uh, I've looked at as well, Trent. So I'm, I'm going to have to uh, do some more research on this. But uh, if you have any spare seeds, I'll be happy to purchase them from you because that sounds like a fantastic tomato. Trent says, additionally, I have plans for a somewhat elaborate, my wife would argue ridiculous, duck, pig, chicken rotation for the garden next year. Yes, she's letting me get ducks. Wow. That is cool. Okay, I want to hear more. Trent says I've rambled on long enough, but he, for, he, he no, you haven't, Trent. You haven't actually not rambled on long enough because I want to know how's this gonna work here with the chicken, pig, uh, I'm sorry, duck, pig, chicken rotation for the garden. Now, I, I understand the idea of rotating your livestock through pasture, but what are you gonna do with the? garden are you going to bring the pigs in first over the winter are you going to overwinter them let them eat up all the uh uh the, the grass and the vegetation that's there now root up everything get it all turned over nicely and then let the uh, ducks and the chickens go in and poop it up and provide some nutrients before you get planted I'm, I'm, I'm curious i want to know more about this rotational plan uh trade is also working on finishing a build of a homemade chicken plucker as he has also talked his wife into meat birds next year. Yeah, that's awesome. And Trent says, I started substitute teaching last week as I'm still without a full-time job and my unemployment is coming to an end. It's not great money, but it keeps us afloat. And more importantly, Trent, maybe not to you more importantly, but in the grand scheme of things, in, in, in terms of society and culture, it actually exposes the next generation to an adult with common sense and a love of history and country, and that's a very, very good thing. So I'm glad that you're doing that. 
Trent says, uh, this went on forever. I'm really done now. Thanks for the podcast. Often it refocuses my mind uh, when I start to wander off of what is really important. Continued recovery wishes for Missy. Only three months left of the dumpster fire that has been 2016. Be well, says Trent. And Trent, you be well. Uh, give my best to your wife as well. And uh, again, I want to hear back from you as well. Love to hear from uh, each and every one of you, actually. I, uh, I, I love getting these emails. It is fantastic. And we've got some incredible writers uh, and some gifted storytellers who listen to this program. So thank you for sharing your stories with me and the rest of the world. We're going to take a time out when we come back. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool on the way. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards continues on the Blaze Radio Network. So last weekend, I got a chance to do a little bit of exploring uh, in Virginia. I had to take my oldest daughter, who had been home for the last couple of weeks, uh, helping out uh, with everything. I had to take her up to the airport in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, she had to be there, I think, at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning for a flight. So uh, we had to get up bright and early uh, and uh, and get going. And so I thought, well, as long as I'm up here... Um, I want to I want to do something uh, while I'm here. So my plan, Charlottesville is full of these awesome old bookstores. And normally, anytime I get to Charlottesville, I have to stop uh, at at least one of these bookstores. My favorite is uh, called Read It Again, Sam. Uh, although uh, Daedalus Books is also Daedalus Books looks like something out of Harry Potter. Like you walk in and there really are just books from floor to ceiling. I'm not the most organized person in the world, um, but I can't make heads or tails of the layout in this place, and so I can never find what I'm looking for. But if you if you aren't looking for anything, if you're just like looking to wander the stacks and discover some hidden treasures, Daedalus Books is actually really cool. I was up there too early. The bookstores hadn't opened yet, and so I thought, okay, well, uh, there's got to be a good place to eat breakfast, right? There's got to be a good breakfast joint. It's been a while since I've gone to a good breakfast joint. Um and I found one. So it's called Mooses by the Creek. I thought, well, that was a great name. And uh, I, I go to Mooses by the Creek, and I know I'm going to like it because it's right next to a garage. Uh, not a parking garage, but, you know, like a, a, a body shop. Uh, and there are some fire rescue uh, cars out front. I go inside. There are a lot of folks, I think, who had just gotten off duty who were first responders who were getting ready to eat their breakfast. And the entire place, the entire place is full of pro-Second Amendment signs. There are rifles on the wall. There are stuffed hogs and yeah, all kinds of great taxidermy that's uh, on display. And I walked in and my eyes just lit up. And uh, I sat down and the waitress comes over and... Uh, Super, super nice. And I said, this is my first time here. She said, oh, so you've not been moosified. I said, no, I, 
I have not. I'm not quite sure what that is. And she just kind of gives me this evil grin. And she says, oh, you'll find out. And I said, okay. Um, we start to talk. And I said, you know, I, I work for NRA News. I said, I had no idea that this. Oh, she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, we love. She's like, you're home here. We love the Second Amendment. Fantastic. So being mooseified, by the way, is they've got a, a, a rack of moose antlers uh, on a wall, on a, um, a, a sliding track. And so the uh, first time customers there to Mooses by the Creek. They get their picture taken with the moose antlers uh, behind them. And I was, in fact, mooseified. I'm probably up on their Facebook page right now. Not only was the uh, was the decor fantastic and pro freedom. Uh, not only were the, uh, the 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 folks who were working there just super friendly. This was the best breakfast that I've had. I think since I moved out of Northern Virginia, uh, and, and real simple stuff. You know, look, it's not it's not fancy food. It's not one of those places, but. Two eggs, scrambled, biscuits and gravy, uh, juice, coffee, for less than ten. Oh, and hash browns uh, for less than ten bucks with a tip, with a decent sized tip. Uh, and I was full all day. You can't beat that. And it's listen, it's hard to do good sausage gravy. Apparently, east of the Mississippi. Apparently, or or maybe maybe it's like north of. The North Carolina border. I don't know. I, I, I've, I've been. I've had very hit or miss biscuits and gravy since I moved to Virginia. Uh, but Mooses by the Creek, they absolutely nailed it. So uh, if you are ever in the Charlottesville area and you are looking for a pro freedom, pro liberty, really good breakfast, make sure you check out Mooses by the Creek and. If you're looking for, I don't know, maybe an opportunity to uh, to start a breakfast joint of your own, a pro-liberty, pro-freedom breakfast joint, there is actually an opportunity in Farmville. So a couple weeks ago, I uh, we told you about that contest where a, a woman not far from us in Cartersville, Virginia, was holding an essay contest to uh, sell her farm, 58-acre farm. Uh, working sheep farm. They're holding weddings and stuff like that there. Now, the, the deadline has come and gone for that, and I've not seen any updates on her website. It's Newstead on the James. So I don't know if the contest is going to be extended. I don't know if she got the 7,000 entries. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but here's here's your, your latest opportunity. Unfortunately, it's not a contest. Uh, but down in Farmville, Walker's Diner has gone up for sale. And Walker's Diner is an institution uh, in Farmville. It's been there since, I think, 1947. It is what's called a Valentine Diner. There aren't too many of these. It's a uh, pretty small establishment. I think there are 12 stools, no tables. And um, it is up for sale. The owner, Arlene, has owned it for, I think, about a decade Moved down from New Jersey, actually, to uh, buy the place and run it. Uh, haven't had a chance to talk with Arlene since I've seen the for sale sign up, but uh, I know she's been thinking about wanting to get, believe it or not, to get back to New Jersey, closer to family and uh, her grandkids. So she may have just decided that now's the time to do it. It was last year that Walker's Diner was featured on American Diner Revival uh, on uh, Food Network. And it was uh, Ty from uh, that 
home improvement show. I can't remember the amazing renovations, but that's not the name of it. And I'm not going to stop this podcast just to look it up. Anyway, it was a tie. And I think Amanda Freitag is the other host. Uh, and they go around and they fix up these diners. So they went to Farmville. Uh, they uh, uh, totally, I, I want to say totally renovated walkers because it's hard to renovate a space that small. But new upholstery on all of the stools, a, a new coat of paint uh, on the outside, revamped the menu a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, it look, it gets a good crowd. Uh, I think the trouble for Walker's Diner is it's got, I think, like I said, 12 stools. So you've got to have high turnaround. Uh, they are a breakfast and lunch joint right now. They're not open for dinner. And I I don't know uh, how easy it would be to uh, to turn a profit. I did take a look. I, I found the listing online. $250,000 is what they want for the diner uh, and the parking lot. There's there's good parking, a lot of parking actually. There's a, uh, a little uh, a stand set up outside of the diner where in the summer months they sell kettle corn and I think they might do snow cones. Uh, and they also have outside seating during the uh, warmer weather. So it's, you 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 can expand beyond the twelve stools, and I think that they've tried to do that as much as they can. Um, if you want a prospectus, if you want any other information on, you know, how profitable walkers can be, if this looks like something that you might be interested in, because I'd love to have you move, you know, to Farmville and be my neighbor. I could, I could eat at your diner uh, once or twice a week. I'd love that, but uh, I, I, I'm not the person to tell you. But uh, uh, you could check out Walker's Diner and you could, uh, you know, ask Arlene all of those questions. But I, every time I see these opportunities. I like to mention them because I think that I am blessed enough to live in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Uh, we have our problems. Virginia may be a purple state. It, it, it seems like it uh, might be trending blue, although I'm not convinced of that. Um, certainly, it's you know not as Second Amendment friendly as Arizona or Idaho or Montana. There are more uh, places out there that I, I think you know by and large love liberty more than. Uh, Virginia, although we get the Northern Virginia skew that uh, kind of messes everything up. But I do love where I live. Farmville is a great little town. It's full of people who care about their community, uh, who want to see it thrive, not just survive. And uh, and again, if that interests you and you've got the hankering to, uh, to, to you know strike off in business of your own or you know how to make a small diner work and... Uh, and thrive as well, then there is a there's a role for you in Farmville, Virginia, and we would love to see you there. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. When we come back, we've got more of your emails here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Chris Salcedo Show. She can't. She needs the Obama coalition. And she can't trash the terrible job that he's done. And she can't get out there and say, I want to make America better. Because according to her backward, stupid political party, we're, we're in nirvana as it is. Riots and terrorist attacks. 
The American left is celebrating every freaking day. The Chris Salcedo Show. Weekdays on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So this is actually take two of the uh, fourth segment here because right as I was getting started, the uh, back door opens and who does appear? Miss E is here with tea and toast. Yes, good morning. Good morning. All right, so... Uh, now I get to interview you. I get to put on my interviewer hat. Okay. Because I know that we have a lot of folks who are uh, listening and who are interested. Number one question, how you doing? I'm fine. I feel really good. Just a little sore. Still a little hard to get around things. Um, my left side, I'm used to sleeping on my left side, so that's been an adjustment. And I'm only sleeping in sound bites. Last night I slept for like, you know, four two-hour stretches, but it's better than not sleeping, so... Yes. And then you got to sleep this morning. Yeah. Thank you for helping me get the kids up. Yeah, Yo, you're welcome. That was one of the two-hour stretches. <laughs> and I did talk about uh, how last night, I don't know if this is just an indictment of my culinary skills, but uh, you did cook dinner for the first time. I did. I did. I was so proud of myself. We had chicken parmesan and uh, cheese tortellini. So I didn't make the tortellini, but I did make the chicken parmesan. I have to say, I really am impressed with how far you've recovered physically. It's been less than two weeks yep. since your surgery, and yep. you know you're really getting around. You're not using the pain medicine much at all anymore. No, just ibuprofen for the swelling and the inflammation mostly. Yeah, that's what I took this morning anyway. Um, and I shared. Uh, I, I wanted to let the audience know that I shared um, the emails that uh, we've been receiving, and I know you've been getting a lot of comments oh, on yeah. uh, the Instagram page as well. Folks lots are still of, keeping in their thoughts and prayers. Lots of feedback. Lots of positive feedback. Thank you very much for that. Yep. So we got a barking dog for some reason. Oh, they're in the house. It's okay. Yeah, I think they're just saying, let us out, let us out. We but, want to uh, be on the podcast too. Right. This is, uh, you, you've been mostly inside. At, at least it's been a little bit nicer since uh, your surgery. No more 90 degree, you know, 80% humidity days, yeah. right? It's actually been comfortable. I've been helping uh, Kid 5 feed the animals in the afternoon. She carries the buckets and I just really feed the chickens, but. <laughs> And untie the goat fence, yeah. right? Yeah, she's yeah. actually doing okay with that, too. Is she? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And the goats, well, they keep trying to run out, and then they realize she has food so that they run back in again. So it's not like she's having to deal with them too badly. Yeah. Are you breathing easier? Are I, you? I think so. I'm just still doing the breath exercises when I can remember. I try to do them every couple of hours. Um, I really wasn't having too much problem breathing before, except for when I was out and it was humid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the whole weird thing about this is, like, I haven't felt i've actually felt sicker since i've had the surgery (laughs) since before i had the surgery i never felt bad like everybody's like how could you tell and i'm like i couldn't tell like the whole this whole thing has been serendipitous if i didn't feel like if i didn't have that bad heartburn that took me to the hospital that day thinking i was having a heart attack we would have never found this tumor no or or it would have been a lot later a lot later and a lot worse right they said on Tuesday when I went to get the last of my stitches out and to get a, get a follow-up check on the incision in the surgical site that it was a angry, hard little mass that was just down in the bottom of my lung, just cooking away. And yeah, because that was the, the question that I had had. Our, the surgeon, uh, right after the surgery, came and talked to me and... Um, and kind of explained what happened and, and said, I'm still not sure, you know, what, what this looks what, I'm still not sure what it is. He's like, I've seen something kind of like this before, but I just can't remember where it was. Well, as it turns out, it's the most common form of uh, non-small cell lung cancer. It's a, a adenocarcinoma. 
Uh, and so my question was, okay, so how does this go from being something that you've not quite seen before to something that is the most common, you know, form of lung cancer? That's something you've seen a lot before. But that's the deal. It was where it was. It was what it was doing because it was highly differentiated. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't like they kept saying every all the doctors who kept looking at it kept telling me, well, it doesn't look like cancer. It doesn't it's not behaving like cancer because it was just this pretty much self-contained little mass. Whereas most cancerous tumors are have like little little streamers or trailers that are coming out of it. And this didn't. Yeah. And it didn't even get to the lymph nodes, which is a good, really good thing. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the, the progress continues uh, in the meantime. Um, you know, while you were recovering, um, no animals died nope. of starvation or neglect. Nope. All the chickens uh, are still here. The kids, are, the the kids, kids made are it all, to school. There yes. was one day I let them stay home, but uh, just one. So I think we we muddled through. Yes. And it was yeah, the, the, one of the nice things was really having our oldest daughter here to help. Yes. Um, that was fantastic. And it, it just a huge relief because for, you know, the five days or so that you were uh, in the hospital, and that includes the day you got out and that includes the day of surgery. You were you were out pretty early. Yeah. Um, but during those five days, there was just a lot of back and forth driving to uh, to Lynchburg for me, and you know it was it was nice to to know that I could come home and stuff you know was taken care of here, yeah. and I could check in with everybody, and I could go back um, and, uh, and and be with you. And the hospital was you know great. There were no visiting hours. You could be there whenever you wanted to be there, and whatever you wanted me to be yeah. there. Um, so it was. Uh, you know, I, I said last week, like, you, you get what you can handle, um, and you look for all of the things that help you get through this stuff. And there were a lot of people, uh, there were, you know, a lot of policies in place that I think just helped make this, um, I won't say easy, huh. but, uh, but 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 help make it bearable. Yeah, bearable is it. So now it's the next step. So I meet with the oncologist today. Um, looks like it's just going to be chemotherapy. Makes me a little nervous. But everybody has a different. Everyone has a different reaction. Everyone's chemotherapy is different. Everybody doesn't do the same. So I'm just trying to stay positive, which, if you know me, is not <laughs> in character. So yeah, Trent uh, wrote in. We talked about Trent's email earlier this week, and he's a, he's the he's the pessimist in his family. Okay, and his wife is the uh, eternal optimist. Um, and also heard from Corey and, uh, and, and his wife. And, you know, Corey and his wife, 30 and 31, they have a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, a half year old, and uh, Corey's wife um, was diagnosed with uh, first stage one breast cancer. Um, and then two weeks after that, they were told it was uh, stage three ductile carcinoma with the possibility of stage four mm. because of some nodules on her lungs. So she has been going through... Uh, chemo. Her first chemo treatment was last Tuesday, Corey said, and so far she's dealing with it well. She's been feeling tired, has some stomach issues. Uh, her scalp's been kind of bothering her, but she's getting around well. And uh, Corey and his son gave her the first buzz cut of her life. So I've, uh, yeah, I know. We've talked about this before, and that's I know it's hard. This is the kind of the scary stuff that goes on, but. Well, I started knitting myself a chemo cap yesterday, so I figure if I'm really prepared and I have a lot done, then my hair won't fall out, <laughs> and I can donate them to people whose hair has fallen out, and they're going to be much, 
I have to say this because I'm I'm a pretty good knitter. They're going to be much nicer <laughs> than the ones that use, people usually get donated because. Uh, mine are like, you know, hand-dyed wools and seven stitches to an inch, very fine thread count, so, yeah. If uh, you think if Corey sent us his address, you could knit something for Corey's wife? Sure, sure, sure. Just tell me, give me your head dimension. Head dimension and, like, color scheme? Any kind of color, colors? yeah. Okay. Favorite color would be good. All right. We I'm can... trying to knit from my stash, but we'll, we'll, we can work around that. Okay. And we also, uh, I, I think I shared this with you. I wanted, I was planning on using this segment to get to some emails, and then you walked out the door. So sorry, you get to listen to some emails. Okay. <laughs> no, talk, no, no, no. You, talk, you don't drink some tea. You don't apologize. You don't have to apologize. Um, but I told you uh, last week about uh, Cheryl. Uh, we talked about that on the uh, on the podcast. Cheryl, who uh, is a knitter, uh, but is also a spinner. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Who uh, and Cheryl? I'm sorry. I still need to get you our email or our uh, address because I know that Missy would love to see uh, some of that yarn as well. Bob also wrote in. He said, um, "I'm sitting down by the pond, waiting for the sun to come up. I've been gone from the farm for a week visiting grandchildren in Virginia." Uh, the trip and grandchildren were more fun than I can describe, but it's nice to be back. We drove somewhat near Lynchburg on our way to Richmond, and I couldn't help but ponder for the remaining hours how Miss surgery, how Miss E's surgery went. Aww. He says, we wish you and Missy all the best during recovery. You will both be in our thoughts and our prayers. He says, and meanwhile, here at home, the hay was successfully baled. Oh, good. We fought the unforecast rain, which uh, uh. Uh, added more time to the task, but it's done, and the hay's been sold. What a feeling, Bob says, to receive the first check for the farm. He says, I'd like to be able to call it profit, but that's for no. another time. <laughs> uh, and Bob says, the uh, sun is starting to brighten the sky. The fish are hitting the bugs on the water. It's time to grab my fishing pole and play for a few minutes before starting the chores. And, Bob, thank you for checking in with us. Yeah, Congratulations on the uh, on the check. That is always a, a big deal. And the hay. Man, it's been so dry here. I'm surprised anybody around here can hay. Right. Uh, yeah, I would not be surprised, actually, if uh, so it went from really dry to really wet. Well, we had a very dry all summer, and then we've had a wet week. Yeah. So I hope but it'll I, help. But I think most everybody got their haying in um, during the dry spell. I haven't seen any... Yeah, I've seen some corn that needs to get yeah. uh, harvested, but I haven't seen a lot of... Fields uh, that need... That, that, yeah, that need uh, to... No, I think they did theirs when our neighbor did the field up here. Like a couple, about a month or so ago. Yeah, I think you're right. Greg wrote in as well uh, from North Carolina. Greg and Mushu. Oh, and, uh, how is Mushu? <laughs> Mushu's well. He says, I have to stop listening to your podcast when I'm driving because it's becoming a safety hazard. I can't see where I'm going because I'm tearing up. Oh. He says, all right, I've pulled over. I've wiped my tears. I'm so happy that Miss E is doing well. It's great to hear you so often on NRA News. Report that she did fine. As I mentioned, I do all of the missing episodes all at once, so just give her a hug and tell her and your kids that there are still lots of people out here cheering for your family. Oh, and thank you, Greg. Um, Cam told me that you had offered to come up with Mushu to distract the ch killed children, and that was really super sweet. Thank you so much for thinking about that. Yeah, Greg says, uh, I'm actually recording this, transcribing this in Farmville, North Carolina. Oh. Uh, it is a really tiny, tiny town. I didn't realize there was a Farmville, North Carolina. <laughs> there is. He said, uh, that said, I would be happy to come to Farmville, Virginia and bring Mushu and Mosaic. Just let me know. I'm happy to share the love. I, I tell you what, Greg, I would love to see you. It's really been too long. Um, Maybe during the Democratic or the vice presidential debate. <laughs> the debate. <laughs> you have the uh, the jackasses. You have the elephants. And they have the we'll, we'll just start the llama party. Right. Why not? 
That'd be funny. <laughs> well, if not the debate, because that's coming up next week, uh, hopefully at some point in the very near future, Greg, I don't want to put you out, but uh, it is... It's good seeing you, and it has been a while, and I, I really do appreciate you checking in. I appreciate everybody checking in, uh, and I hope that you're doing well. We are uh, probably going to wrap things up here, let Miss E eat her peanut butter toast, drink her tea, enjoy some sunshine before it clouds up and starts to rain again. But uh, thank you again for being a part of this edition, the 78th episode wow. of 40 Acres and a Fool. I know. I was thinking last night, wow, this is episode 70. What are we going to do for 100? And then I thought, you know, that's actually, like, if we only do one a week, that's still, still got months away. So yeah. I don't have to think about that. Nah. We'll make a cake. Just keep track. Dancing girls. Dancing llamas. Uh, How about that? We we'll get the uh, <laughs> llamas up here for the 100th episode. Anyway, in the meantime, be safe. Have fun. Live a lot. Learn a lot. And we'll talk to you soon here on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Bye-bye. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards. On the Blaze Radio Network.